0: Hey guys, welcome to the Babylon Pastors Podcast, sponsored by ODG
1: Apparel. I am one of your hosts, Michael. And I'm Rob, glad you're here to listen in while we talk about church, theology, and everything in between. Hey, what's
0: up guys? Welcome back to the Babylon Pastor Podcast with the smooth sounds of Michael and...
1: And Rob, welcome.
0: <laughs> this month we're talking about quotes from the Ligonier Conference held in Florida... In which I'm still very salty that Rob got to go to and I didn't. So let's get into this quote that I am unaware of and talk about it a little bit because the last two episodes, um, you know, I like this. I mean, I, I, if you've been a listener to this podcast for very long, you know our preparation's pretty much nothing anyway. But this here <laughs> <laughs> is 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 very interesting just to react to these quotes because there's there's been some. I feel, hopefully, there has been. Um, Hopefully, it's been helpful to you guys that have been listening too, but some good conversations that come from it. So, what what do we got now, Rob? Who who we got? We got some more Sinclair Ferguson or not? That was uh,
1: no. This is Joel Kim. Joel. You know who Joel Kim is?
0: I don't think I have any clue who Joel Kim
1: the is. Uh, Korean American, um, Korean only in that that's his family's heritage, I think just a generation ago or so. He's the uh president of the westminster theological seminary in california
0: oh okay um, smart this was not during
1: a sermon this was during a QA. Oh, that okay they were part of.
0: Session.
1: and the the topic of the q a was um uh, discipling the next generation okay right so the questions being asked were things like um do we need to disciple gen z um differently do we need to change discipleship or whatever right so this is kind of the premise and then he said at one point um and this is yeah okay anyway he's he's not he's not some crusty old guy like he's he's very smart he's probably like 40 right and and just really learned and um
0: i feel like i have not accomplished as much as he has (laughs) in his years
1: yeah, you and me both, brother. Um, he, either way, he's he's written a couple of books about this kind of thing and uh, the the new generation, and um, done a lot of of like scientific level study on some things. And he said, "This." I'm interested to see what you're going to say about this. Oh no. Okay. Um, he said, "Quote." We may just be training a new generation of Christian martyrs, end quote.
0: Okay, so I have like a follow-up because you know the context of this. So is is he stating that the idea is that culture may be going in such a way that the next generation will actually have to give up possibly their lives for the faith? Is that the direction he's going with that?
1: He's saying that that is a possibility, yeah. Okay that we have okay. to treat it like that essentially okay
0: okay so the idea is that we're always training up the next generation as if that was so well he's not that, making a
1: that's the idea behind it but uh, i think he is making statements that based on the way that culture is going in okay. america this could be true of the next generation okay right? gotcha so, Yeah.
0: So, um, to the first part. So, if he's if he's just talking about general discipleship, as in we always train people up as if that was the thing. um, Yeah, that's important. That's incredibly important. I think that goes back to the last two conversations we've had, um, like the importance of knowing scripture, because no no one is going to get like lose their family, their friends, their their income for something they're only kind of casually. Sure about you know what I mean like if somebody says it's your job if you don't it, like you either say Jesus is Lord or you or you, you renounce Jesus is Lord or you lose your job most people would be like eh, well I like to eat so they, you know I mean they'll they'll give that part up now not that it would ever come across like that I think it would be much more of a you know agree with this cultural standard or lose your job I think that's much more but it's still in line with it just it's worded different mm-hmm. now. Um, right there (laughs) not even addressing martyrdom um i think right there we already have an issue within the church i think to where if somebody were today to come to most christians and say either sign this statement about gender and sexuality or about um, um i think that's probably the one thing that would come up now if we were actually to have to you know choose that would probably be the thing but um Sign that or lose your job. Most most people that go to church would have they have conflicting motivations about that. Now um, on the martyrdom part, raising up the I mean, so do, that puts that puts a lot in perspective, doesn't it? Like if you approach discipleship as the person I am discipling, that's what six, seven, eight, nine, ten right now. I'm discipling them with the mindset that one day they're going to stand and have to give their lives for Christ. Um, you don't mess around <laughs> with flannel graphs and uh, cute little stories about Joan and the well. You just don't like right. your, your yeah. perspective's a little different. Uh, you, you approach two
1: ramps that. That walked up the ramp and two hippos after.
0: Yeah. And you, I mean, so that's not your main focus. <laughs> if you're going, in 10 years time, this person is going to have to die for Jesus. You just don't, I mean, you you talk about Noah's in the ark, but you talk about it much differently than, you know, like the, the analogy you just gave, like, oh, two by two in a gentle voice where God is literally wiping out the world because of sin. So, like, you don't, like, you approach that differently. So do I think that we should be approaching it that way? For sure. Do I think we even now, even, even now, both of us have kids, um, do I think that is our primary mindset right now, even with the culture we're living in? I, th- I think we're in by and large lulled by the culture into a lot of other things. That, so we don't approach it that way, right? So the way, because I have it so easy um, and I have as many distractions as I can have, I would easily say that somebody in Myanmar, right? That's discipling their kids right now is doing so with a much more laser focus than 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 the American, average American parent mm-hmm. um, because they know the cost of that. Like they know like you could die tomorrow. So like this is what this looks like, which also goes back to what you talked about or what we talked about a couple episodes ago. Like our lives are going to preach that a lot more than our words. Like you can stand up right now (laughs) and say, um, "Yeah, I definitely give up my job for Jesus." But when that when that alternative is laid down in front of you, and it's you're feeding your family or you're not, like what? Like, okay, so there's the rubber meets the road, right? I mean, most now I'm going to say something that's going to make some people mad. So just y'all, there's your there's your warning. And you can fall on either side of this argument, and there's a lot of discussion to be had, but. There were pastors that were more than happy to close their church down whenever they were told they had to do that. And they didn't even argue about it. They didn't fight about it. They didn't even, there wasn't even a second thought about it. Now, again, you can have a lot of discussion about pandemics and diseases and transmittals. I, I get that. You can have those conversations. But the fact that even now, like you're a year into it. Even now there's people that still don't have their churches open. There's still pastors. that are like, no, we're not going to do it. Okay, buddy. I, I mean, just, <laughs> I, I'm just saying that that wasn't the worst thing you were ever going to be faced with. And the fact that you cave so quickly on that and are still caving on that with no discussion. um, Yeah. Where there's people literally in other countries that they know this sunday when they meet to celebrate palm sunday that could be the last day they live they know that they know that they 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 know that and they disciple differently and i bet they use a lot less words and programs than we do right so all of that to say my reaction to that quote is as with the other two episodes that's incredibly convicting is it not (laughs) because we go okay well yeah i I read the Bible with my kids every night. We, we talk about it. We ask questions about it. We live our lives um, for Jesus. Um, but there's a part of me that goes, we don't, I don't think we wish for persecution in any regard. And I think what we've seen within the last year is just a very, like the lightest of light touches <laughs> to, to actually push us that way. But it has been a little bit of just, just, a, just a, a poke, a prick, of where people are going to fall if something ever were to happen. So if you can't stand up to even a little bit, you're you're definitely not standing up when something like hard and fast comes down. Um, and we all do have to consider, I think like a real, a real thing. I don't know. Here's the thing. I'm not as educated as I could be on the equality act. I know there's a lot of stuff going on in there in regards to businesses and churches and things like that. But um, it has crossed my mind a number of times that if work, for example, came across one day and said, hey, you have to sign this thing about, you know, you agree with this certain lifestyle or this certain train of thought. Okay, do you have, am I prepared for that? Am I pre- you know, if I, have I been wise enough to save enough money up to where I can now make biblical decisions in my life? um, to where you'll stand or not. And again, that's not even persecution. (laughs) That's just somebody that's the culture making a statement and you having to choose. That's not even persecution. That's just you having to make a biblical choice. Um, to think that I have to raise my daughter or son up to possibly to die for Jesus. Right. That changes. I mean, I don't have a good answer. I mean, I know I've rambled for like five minutes, but I don't have a good answer for that because you I mean, you, you address that differently. And I think that's where we can learn a lot from our brothers and sisters in countries that, um, there was, and I'll, I'll stop talking after I say this, but there was Paul washer put something up by the time this airs, who knows where it'll be, but he had put something up about, um, some of the people that they have on mission in missionaries. in I think it was Myanmar where right now, like, they, they don't have food. They do not know where their food's going to come from. There are people daily getting arrested around them. They're hiding. Um, but the person that wrote this was that we still have faith in Christ. We still know that he is good. We still know that he is God. And we trust him. And that's somebody that doesn't know when their next meal is coming from, that's trying to protect and hide their family, um, and could possibly be arrested, jailed, or, and or killed. Like they could, they could be dead now. I don't know. Um, yeah. But their, their trust and faith is in the Lord regardless. And I think we can learn a lot from them in regards to the silliness of we're being persecuted. Okay. Well just, you know, take a back, back, back seat, buddy, because <laughs> you're not even close to that. Um, but anyway, man, I said a lot by saying nothing or I said nothing in saying a lot. That's what I meant to say.
1: No, I, I think it, it is convicting, and I think, um, you know, us as American Christians, um, we we have had it for generations, really since America uh, became America. Uh, I, well, okay, not all Christians. I don't want to go there. I don't want to get called a racist or anything. I mean, I realize there this isn't true for everybody person Mm -hmm. since America started but but by and large at least the past few generations right um at least since the 60s when sort of that fight against racism uh made a lot of headway and um I, I think it's safe to say and if you don't agree I don't give a crap uh but I think it's safe to say that at this point in history um we have it really 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 easy as Christians mm-hmm. in America. Like you said, even the the persecution, if you even want to call it that, yeah. that has been dealt out it. So the very fact that one pastor gets thrown in jail in Canada for keeping his church open and that has made international news, that in and of itself tells you how easy we have it I'm mm-hmm. here. Right. Um, when, well yeah and, they were like oh that's just another pastor i mean what, what's that right yeah. <laughs> one more in jail oh, are you talking about dave or chad right i mean like <laughs> you know um yeah it, it and there are places in the world that um in which like you talked about that are that are so persecuted that they have to this this isn't even a quote that would make them go <laughs> they would just go, like we're
0: already doing that <laughs>
1: yeah it, it would be a duh quote right yeah um but uh, in fact, they would say, "No, no, no. We it we may just be. No, we are right." Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that America is going in a dangerous direction mm-hmm. um, uh, when it comes to Christianity, right? And and the way that it's looked at. And again, like we talked about in previous episodes, some of that's our fault, mm-hmm. right? We we haven't done well, uh, in some ways, but, but too, it's easy to forget that it's also a a major spiritual battle that is beyond you and I, that is going on. Um, and I think it's important that we take things like Matthew 10, when, uh, he sends out the 12, um, and he uh, sends well, he sends out the, the 12 disciples and he tells them specifically that persecution is going to come, right? That, that um, uh, in Verse 21 of chapter 10, he says, brother will deliver brother over to death and the father, his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death. So he's talking specifically about martyrdom mm-hmm. for the cause of Christ, for his gospel message. Then um, Matthew chapter 24, again, he talks about this again as one of the signs of the end of the age, right? That um. Uh, let's see. You'll. Where's it at? Um, oh yeah. Uh, then in verse nine of chapter twenty-four, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my namesake. And he goes on, but this is a picture I think of. Now, no matter your eschatological view, that. He he's talking to disciples to his disciples his 12 the apostles capital a not bill johnson the apostle and uh he is um talking to them specifically about the things that they're going to be encountering in the book of acts that what we read actually happening um and the apostles were martyred i mean it wasn't odd at all that and so this is just scriptural evidence and things that happened. Paul and being beheaded, and and um, so, uh, but then you move past scripture, right? And church history is filled with martyrs. There, um, Fox's Book of Martyrs, the the two Jesus Freaks volumes, that are filled with these amazing stories of people in all kinds of countries, all shapes and sizes, all two genders, um, who. Uh, have given their very lives because they stood right and wouldn't re- wouldn't say no or wouldn't say that um, this Jesus thing was a sham. Um, and the point that I make there is simply that every instance in human history since Christianity became a thing, every instance of martyrdom is because people. Uh, people are standing on the truths of the gospel the truths of the word of god and um are not letting culture no matter how powerful no matter how scary are not letting culture dictate to them what the words of god mean they're standing on it and they're saying no 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 this is god's word you are not as powerful as you believe you are Mm -hmm. right it is because they challenge the world and we're we're clearly going into a situation where I'm not going to say that this is going to happen. I don't know if my mm-hmm. son is going to give their lives for the cause of Christ. Um, however, we are heading into into a world that is um, hateful toward mm-hmm. Christianity. Like that, they're enraged when we say some of the things that we say on here yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like,
0: easily some of the things that we say out here could be used against us later if it, if trajectory continues yeah
1: yeah and and i think i mean there there might be things that i've said on here that i wouldn't stand up and say no this is but i mean a lot of the frankly a lot of the controversial statements like when i just said there are two genders mm-hmm. i don't care what you do to me like i have to stand on that mm-hmm. I, um but I think it's interesting you brought up Paul Washer. One of my favorite things that he has ever said that has actually played a role in how I treat the discipleship of my own children is when he was talking about the mission field at one point, and he was talking about his kids. And he said, there would be no greater honor. I'm probably getting some of the words wrong, but this is this is what he said, regardless. He said that there would be no greater honor that he could think of then that his children would join the mission field and die for for christ yeah and and you could tell he meant it Mm -hmm. it's not just something that that you say and i think so rather than rather than thinking um rather than thinking about it like i i have to start discipling my children as if they're going to be faced with that, do you believe in Jesus with a gun to their head question, right? Um, I I should be thinking about it in such a way that it's not, um, I have to start doing this, but I get to have the privilege of training my children in the hopes that they will be given the most honorable thing that could ever happen man read revelations and how it talks about Mm -hmm. the mark um there's there's no better way to die biblically there's Mm -hmm. just no greater honor no better way to die no better cause to give your life to than to stand and be burned at the stake for the cause of christ and we have to train them that way
0: Mm -hmm. no wow yeah I mean the only thing I have to add to that before we end this but like um so we were covering the other night in family devotional time about Shadrach Meshach and Abednego and just the 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 first of all just how the king is so bipolar anyway but the the, the idea that um they you know the three of them just they're like we're not we're not going to bow down like you can do whatever you want to do but we're just we're not going to bow down after already being you know, I mean, if you read the story, they had already, you know, he was, the king was fully aware of what their God was capable of. I mean, it's not like he, I think sometimes we read it and we disconnect the fact that Daniel and those three guys already knew each other, that the king was fully aware of the God of Israel and who they were. I like, I think we we see it as disjointed stories, but when they get to that point, he already knows what God's done for Daniel. Um, But the point is that like, he doesn't care. Like he, he wants to be the ultimate king. And if they don't bow down and do this thing, then you're going to die. And the interesting thing is, I mean, he gives them a couple chances. Are you sure? Because if not, just so you know, you're going to die. And their words are very, I mean, basically just no. we're, this is the God we worship. This is whatever you do, you do it because this is the God we worship. And I think we need to understand again, contextually, they weren't standing in a position in which they had, It's not like they had any leeway or like any like power there. It was, I mean, it was, they were in a, they were a conquered people in a nation (laughs) as slaves. And even in that situation where they can make it a little bit better for themselves, not only just by not dying, but just by making it a little bit better for themselves. They're like, no, we're not, we're not going to do that. Even if everybody else does.
1: And at the time speaking to the most powerful human being on earth.
0: Yeah. Um, (laughs) As well as as it as the story is painted, they're the only ones not doing this within his purview, Um, and the amount of courage that takes, especially, I mean, mob mentality is not a new thing, right? Uh, People bow down to lots of things not because they want to, just because everybody else is already doing that, Um, and they just go along with it because they have no say either way, so they just go with everybody else. Um, But to be able to stand up and be like, no. Um, I mean, I know what everybody else is doing and I know Jim over here is a pretty good guy, but he's still bowing, but, um, I'm not going to do that. And the, I think we just really under, I think sometimes we romanticize that story as, well, look how great they were. Like there was probably a great amount of pressure there. There was probably a time where they're like, you know, (laughs) we could just, (laughs) but we're not going to. Um, and I think we need to, and we talked about that a little bit with them the other night. But I think it just comes down to, we have to have that understanding that, and again, that comes down to having that trust and that faith, like we've talked about the last couple episodes and who, who God is. That like, I understand that everything in front of me seems like this is a bad decision, <laughs> but um, I, I trust him anyway. Um, and I think that goes back to, uh, I just preached a sermon this last week uh, in Second Corinthians, where Paul's talking about these momentary momentary afflictions and his whole point is like yeah it looks bad if you look at it like my body's failing but I'm being renewed inside like all of these afflictions seem like they're troublesome, but they're actually bearing up within me this glory that I can't even imagine and just having that heavenly perspective where he goes yeah everything in front of me looks horrible but you're not looking at it the right way and just having that perspective of And like, I love how you said, it's not that I have to prepare them for this, that I get that privilege of doing that. And I think that does, that changes how we do it. Instead of being like, all right, guys, the government's coming for you. This is how you prepare. It's much more of a, hey, guess what? You serve a good and a great king. And this is what it looks like to serve that good and great king. Despite everything around you, despite what your friends are doing, despite what you're being told. It's not like a, okay, we got a bunker and we got seven years of food. Let's get in there. It's a, hey, go live. (laughs) <laughs> Go live for the gospel. And that's going to hurt sometimes. But if you have that pers- uh, the perspective of heaven rather than the perspective of the, the the temporal things in front of you, it changes how you do things. So that's all I got to say.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that we, we do, um, every generation that hasn't raised up their children with that in mind has probably done a disservice to them because even if it's not within a generation that is um uh, even if it's a generation like ours, for instance that grew up in a pretty safe christian america right like where it's fine to be a christian in fact for most of our lives it is it was um a good thing to to be a christian to have those mm-hmm. ethics better. It's only been in recent years that it's really been looked down on a lot. Um, and uh, it, even in a situation like we grew up, right? The America that that was really friendly toward Christianity and even in, in, uh, said that it was a good thing. Um, it's still important to raise kids like martyrs. Mm-hmm. Because it, it creates a fire, I think, and, and you just, you have such a different perspective, like, where, because think about all of the causes that, um, and I'm going to keep it short, right? But, but when, when we think about all the causes and all the reason, um, young people want a reason. They want a purpose. This is why they jump on all these different causes, most of which they couldn't defend if they had to. Yeah, uh, But, but it's, it's, the, it's just something we dive on headfirst, we jump onto whatever cause, because that's, that's what we are made to do. Mm-hmm. We're made with purpose in mind. And, and when we train up a generation of young Christians as if they're going into battle because they are, um, as if they might end up giving their lives in that battle because they might, then we're giving them the actual purpose that Christ gives his disciples. We're giving them the same mission with the same possible outcomes, with the same level of serious as a heart attack, right? And and if we don't do that, then I think we can certainly end up with a watered-down generation that doesn't look at it as this major purpose and mission in their life, mm-hmm. because you know people people actually want a cause important enough to die for. <laughs> we we yeah. want
0: Well, and if we don't have that, we'll make one. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right, yep. But I uh, just a short addition there, I think your perspective-wise, you're, you're entirely correct on training someone up for a battle that even if it doesn't happen, at least they're ready for. Um, because if you don't train someone up and the battle does come, you're not going to be able to get them ready in, in a week. Like they have to be ready for it, right? And I know you've been in the Marines. I've not been in any sort of armed services, but it seems like that analogy really – holds over that the reason you train in the service is that if a battle does come we got people that can take care of it we're not Mm -hmm. sitting over there going hey we'll train them if the battle comes up until then they can just kind of do whatever i mean the idea is that you're trained so when that does come or if that comes you're ready to go if it never comes great but you were prepared for it um rather than just saying oh the battle's here we need to get people ready like it's just that you're going to lose
1: because you're not ready for it and and on on top of that you're you're training up uh a bunch of folks who um if that battle doesn't come like the point where they're going to be martyrs and mm-hmm. the only other alternative with people who think like that who act like that who are that passionate and not on fire is that the gospel is actually advancing exponentially because, because there's nothing in the way why they're here mm-hmm. so the, the the moral and the end game for that whole thing is you're gonna have to kill me to get me to stop preaching christ and Him crucified mm-hmm. period and so the only two outcomes is Christ and Him crucified gets preached and proclaimed further and further and further, and in more lives and in more ways and in more word. Or, someone dies and becomes a martyr and and is, and is in a book forever, right? Mm-hmm. And then other people do the same thing anyway, right? I mean, it yeah. just makes it's a bigger exclamation point anyway. No, I mean, it's a- so
0: it's really this picture when you're talking, it's really this picture for me of somebody just advancing until they hit that wall and being like, all right, I'm here. I'm just going to keep pushing on this wall. So eventually if you're living out the gospel, it may seem very, you, you're you not having any hindrances, but eventually you're going to hit that wall um, to where you do have to make a decision. It's almost like Paul's like, well, I'm going to keep preaching so you can kill me or I can keep preaching. So either way I win, but like, I mean, we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna see how this comes out but i either die and see jesus or i keep preaching and people get saved so either way i'm good i'm good for it
1: <laughs> yeah i love chandler's take on on that when oh, he he talks about that to live as christ to die is game thing and he just talks about how paul must have been the most frustrating human being in the world for for them because you can kill me i be with christ it doesn't matter you cannot kill me great i get to preach more and yeah. So it's like,
0: going to put me in jail. That's fine. I'll talk to these guys about
1: Jesus. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, that's great. We'll just sing some hymns and break out. Right. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. But good deal.
0: All right. Well, you have any final thoughts on that or y'all summed up? Uh,
1: I think I'm done, man. I mean, uh, yeah. it, I think it does. Um, it, if, if you're a parent and you're listening or watching or whatever, it, it, it is something you must consider. You know what what we've been talking about. Uh, if you're not a parent and you're a, a young person who hasn't gotten there yet, or as hasn't entered that part of life yet, and uh, you're you're naturally, um, if you're honest, you're naturally looking for a reason, right? Like we all are looking for a reason to to um, exist, a mission to be on, something to fight for, and so. Um, There are plenty of things that the world is going to throw at you that they will call reasons to fight for. And some of those things are gender. Some of those things are uh, critical race theory kind of things. Some of those things are all the all the stuff right that that we get bombarded with. Um, And I'm telling you uh, that that there already is a fight that you were made to fight for. And um, and it is it is a life and death situation. And like any battle, any war, in in any real situation, you might walk uh, away from that victorious in the end and and get called home by Christ from a heart attack or something late in life or because he came and um, we'll just say it, because he came and secretly raptured you. Um, (laughs) Reference last month. uh, but, But either way, you could also end up being the person who unexpectedly, uh, but because you were part of the team, because you were uh, advancing because of your heart and fire toward the gospel, who you might die and lay on um, in the battlefield, right? And and go back home in a casket with a Christian flag draped over you, right? Like that, this is, that's a very real possibility, um, especially if you go serve somewhere else. So mm-hmm. that in my mind, if I have one last thing to say to, to, young people um there there is a fight to be fought that is bigger than any fight you could ever or more uh, important more weighty than any cause you could ever find in this world and um and so i just want to call you to that fight because we all have to be ready for that when jesus was talking in chapter 10 and matthew chapter 24 um and talking to those disciples he it really is applicable to every disciple in any generation sense and to come so we all have to be ready to give our lives for christ and what an honor that would be so, there
0: all right guys well hopefully that was helpful we will talk to you next week when we finish up this series i'm talking about quotable moments talk to you later bye-bye